big decisions, paths followed, choices made. This is Connections, conversations about life and work. I'm your host, Jim Allen. Harry Colburn was the Conservative Party of Canada candidate for Oakville in the 2021 federal election. It's now after the election, and spoiler alert, Carrie is not the member of parliament for Oakville, but she's graciously come to my basement studio to talk about it. So welcome, Carrie. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Great to be here. Um, I'm all about decisions, like big decisions, life decisions. And you had a life going on. You had a small business. You're involved in the Oakville Chamber of Commerce and the Heritage Committee. Um, what made you run in the first place? Were you bored? No, no, I was not bored. As you pointed out, I actually had a very nice life. I have a thriving small business. You know, financially, I do very well. Uh, so certainly it wasn't those kind of motivations by any means. Really, my motivation was, um, I said before the last provincial election, that if Kathleen got back in, I was going to have to move. I didn't know where I was going to move to, but right. I was horrified with the direction that she was taking the province. I didn't like any of her policies. You know, I met her. I was chair of the chamber at that point. I met her. She was, you know, a nice enough woman. You're on a first name basis with her. Yeah. Like. Um, so, but I, as I said, I didn't like any of her policies. I thought she was taking the province in the wrong direction. And it is 100% the same thing with federally. I believe Trudeau is... I'm not going to say destroying because Canada is a strong country, but I don't like the policies. And, you know, so I decided to do something about it. I, you know, I opted to work to become the candidate for the Conservative Party. Um, one of the things I said at the door, and I knocked on over 2,600 doors during the campaign, uh, we knocked on over 20,000 doors uh, during the campaign, is that the only financial plan that the Liberals have is low interest rates. And those are at the time, we didn't know they were, well, I knew because my business is mortgages, but we knew they were going to increase, and I think they're going to increase more and quicker than people anticipated, and we will be in big trouble. But just getting nominated is is tough, right? It is is tough. that a tougher fight? It is actually probably in a lot of ways the tougher part. It's actually, uh, yeah, it's, even though it's all in the family, if you will, it it can be quite divisive. Um and yeah, it, it, I actually think the party personally, I believe the party needs to find a different way to nominate candidates. Um, I also personally believe that uh, the party needs to find a new way to do leadership uh, races as well, because I find it's divisive as well. Uh, Aaron O'Toole called me after the election, and that's, that was one of the messages that uh, I conveyed to him is that... Uh, uh, and it's it's in our constitution on how we do it, but I do think that we could do it better ways that are they're not so divisive among the members of the party. Now, I used to follow politics, Canadian politics, really closely, and then you, you I kind of went down the the U.S. rabbit hole like five six years ago, and I think I'm just burnt out. Um, and to, and to the point where Canadian politics almost seems kind of like boring too. <laughs> But, you know, not in a bad way. It's, a, it's in a good way because I think there's trouble ahead in the States. But I can't – at a certain point, I just had to turn it off. I think I'm uh, – in some, even when I turn it on by accident, everyone's just yelling and screaming all the time. And I yeah. that's the part of politics I don't like. We're, did you encounter that at the door at all? No. Not, not So people are just – Canadians are just a little more polite. But I think, you know, a lot of things that um, – like many, many things – 
stuff slides across the border and some of those things are good and some of those things are not good. And I think, you know, that is sliding across the border, if you will. So what I mean by that, of course, is U.S.-style politics. Well, the extreme right stuff. Extreme partisanship. And, you know, uh, I told many people, and including, you know, someone, uh, people who are, you know, very environmentally um, uh, directed and interested in, and I said, you know, one of the things I want to do, and, and despite whatever is I intend, if I was successful, you know, one of my intents would to be to go to meet three the other 337 other MPs and talk to them and make relationships with them. And, you know, the Conservatives obviously have a platform that I strongly believe in. But, you know, other people have ideas too. One of the things that drove me crazy during the pandemic is there wasn't, there was some nonpartisan stuff but, you know, if that is a time during time of crisis, that's when you completely should be 100% nonpartisan and getting the ideas and the best information and the best ideas from everybody, not just one half of the Well, there's, I think the having a, a, an active vocal opposition, there's, there's a role for an opposition to keep 100%. people accountable. Certainly if you were a sitting member, you had to do your job and... Where are the vaccines? Where are the I, so I get that, but I was sympathetic to, to the people that were in charge too. It's uh, and yet as a candidate, of course, you need to find your lane, right? You need to find the message that worked. Was that difficult for you to na navigating that kind of stuff? Like no, we just actually um, I organized um, the five candidates, myself included. So the four surrounding ridings, I organized a meeting that we had on Tuesday night. Because with conservatives, you mean? Yes, yes with conservatives. Right. The, and just, you know, did a, did a campaign debrief. And one of the things we all uh, agreed on was having our platform basically being announced or presented basically the, you know soon after the election was called was one of the, the best things that the, the party did. We had a very comprehensive, I used to, Early, we had a very yeah. comprehensive policy and platform. Um, I used to actually take it with me to the door. It's 87 pages long, seven font, you know. So the great thing about that, we had very much a, a vision for Canada. I'm not sure that um, uh, we did as good a job as we I would like, and I'm sure all the candidates would like, getting our vision out for Canada and defining the issues and defining the agenda. But um, we had we had a great platform, and, I was and you really only pleased. had four weeks, really. And <laughs> yeah, but that was planned. I mean, you kind of yes. knew it was coming. And uh, I was following you. I mean, the nomination—you got the nomination done, and they called the election. It's all a week later, pretty quick. Yeah. Um, so they almost the liberals were trying to catch everyone flat-footed, and then guess what? Two of those four weeks are in the summer, which are traditionally slower because yes. people, in theory, are away on. Fabulous vacations, I suppose. But uh, anyway, it's difficult, right? Well, we just got out of lockdown, right? Yes. July 16th, I think, was the end of lockdown in Ontario. Well, did people want to see you at the door face-to-face? -face? Like, like people were fine fine with it. I didn't then? really have any issues. I mean, we were always very respectful, always wearing a mask. Right. Always you'd ring the door and then you step back right. you know, a good six or seven feet. Yeah. People were very, you know, never ran into issues with that. I would say, you know, calling an election in the summertime and after just getting out of the lockdown, still dealing with the pandemic, um, people were not engaged. You know, they're like, I, I haven't thought right. about the issues. I, I'm not, I want to enjoy just, my life. I'm just trying <laughs> to uh, pay the rent. Yeah, I want to pay the rent. I want to enjoy yeah. my life. I don't really want to talk about an election. You know, this was an election that nobody wanted except for 
Mr. Trudeau himself. Yeah. I mean, not even his own MPs didn't want an election. And so, yeah, so people were not engaged, certainly the last, first two weeks of the election, for the most part. They got more engaged. And then you run, you run out of time, I guess, to yeah. a certain degree. I, I mean, I remember being on sports teams as a as a kid, and even as an adult. And when I when my team didn't win, I'd call it, uh, you know, it's character. We just went through a character building defeat. Um, so, why do you think you didn't win? I'm sure you've thought about it. Uh, so, you know, those are, uh, so obviously we've, we've thought about it. Um, I've had a lot of people say, you know, you must be, you know, gutted. And if I didn't think we'd ran a great campaign, I would probably agree with them. But using your sports analogy, I really feel that I personally left everything on the pitch and I still play soccer, so I can say that, um, that I left everything on the pitch and that the team left everything on the pitch. We worked our tails off. So I'm proud of the campaign we ran. You know, obviously I'm not pleased with the results. Um, there were a couple of things that happened. Um, we have a very strong Chinese community in Oakville. Uh, I worked super hard with them during the nomination race. They were probably one of the biggest reasons why I ended up winning the nomination was with their support. Um, and the the conservative platform probably didn't do a good enough job of defining. So, I mean, Aaron O'Toole has been very clear. Uh, we need to deal with China, um, but didn't specifically say that it's the, conser uh, it's the Communist Party of China that is the challenge and the issue that we need to deal with. Oh, so they, not, they were not offended. Not the country of China right. and not, of course, the people of China. And he did say that. But they didn't necessarily hear that. And their concern was that, well, if we elect Aaron O'Toole, it's going to make our relationship with China even worse than it is. And right. they didn't want that. And a person who was very key on my nomination race herself had a difficult time voting conservative. I only lost by about 3,500 votes. And I believe a large portion of that uh, was that the Chinese community either stayed home or voted for somebody else. Um, there, there's lots of, you know, that's not the only reason by any means, but that certainly right. is one that I believe was key in the Oakville riding. I mean, you had a tough opponent in the sense that of all people, it's the cabinet minister, Anita Anon, who's in charge of the, I mean, it's the marquee, uh, in charge of the vaccines so the marquee issue. So it's tough to, in any election to beat an incumbent. She had the, I mean, the first time she ran, she was a relative unknown, right? This time she had the advantage of being a cabinet minister. And I'm sure she'd be first to admit she was surprised to be on the front page of the paper a lot herself. Yeah. So, I mean, did, were you hearing that a lot at the door as well? or it's... Not so much. You know, when you, again, you talk about the election, I actually am really pleased that I was able to uh, increase our popular vote percentage here in the Oakville riding. Versus, and of course, in the last time, as you pointed out, she was an unknown. So I was able to increase the popular vote over somebody who was on our TV for an hour and a half every day for the last year and a half. So again, I think um, we have a lot to be proud of what we accomplished here. Um, and of course, it was a challenge. I probably, in retrospect, you know, there's a lot of people in Canada who think she did a great job at procuring vaccines. But uh, I don't know if you saw the uh, the W5 expose that came out and the whole... We talked about that. 
sorry, so that, you know, they first approached CanSino, which is a Chinese vaccine manufacturer, as their avenue to get vaccines, and it didn't work out. And at the end of the day, we were way delayed in getting vaccines in Canada. So, for example, I had friends that wintered in Florida. They were both doubly vaccinated by early February. I have a friend that vaccinates in that G7 island country of Turks and Caicos. They were both doubly vaccinated in February. My 89-year-old dad and myself and my husband, we couldn't get doubly vaccinated till June. And the reason for that is because of mismanagement on procurement. So, you know, I probably should have brought that out more at the door. But at that point, Canadians didn't really want to talk about vaccines. But it was a key thing. You know, people's lives were lost about that. And it hasn't been brought out again till recently. CBC and the W5 did their did their you know shows on that. But it's you know we did not have a good procurement in Canada. It's it's a sensitive topic because by the time I don't know August September rolls around, I was fully vaccinated. So you're feeling some amount of relief. Sure. And you want to look forward too. Sure. So that's hundred percent. It's tough to complain about. I mean, I was watching. You know, I was refreshing the internet in February when there was nothing happening. And, it, you know, it was more a Pfizer issue, I think, at the time. But, you know, it was like 1.5% of Canadians were vaccinated for that whole month. It was a straight line. We were, you know. I, I'd go on the Bloomberg News and, you know, I'm, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with the number that I do remember. I think at some point we were as low as 80th in the world in getting vaccine, uh, vaccinated. We were certainly 55th in the world. And, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of Canadians that wouldn't easily be able to throw out 55 other countries right off the top of their head. So we we did not have a great procurement. Uh, the rollout, I think, when it came into Canada was great, but actually getting them procured and into Canadians' hands was was not a success. So, yes, now we're in the top and, you know, we have one of the highest vaccination rates in the world. But when it was really key, when it was when the vaccine was ravaging Canadians and particularly elderly Canadians, we did not have vaccines. Yeah, it's a it's a tough. It's hard, you know. It's hard. It's like Monday morning quarterbacking. It's I don't know what the soccer equivalent would be to that, but it's it's a tough. You know, I think everyone was probably trying as hard as they could. It's uh, it's it's a tough one. So. You know, I'm realistic. I don't expect you to hold exactly the same views as the party leader, but publicly you kind of have to be in lockstep. I get it. But how do you rationalize any differences you may have to what the leader of the party has at any given time? So one of the things I love about the Conservative Party, so as a candidate, you know, you attend training, I guess, if you will. And one of the best sessions I attended was actually just for women. And Michelle Rempel Garner was on that call with us. And I don't know if you know her. She's a front bencher. She's one of the one of the rock stars of the party. And one of the women asked a question, saying, "You know, what do you do when if you don't like or don't agree with the policy that the party is putting forth?" And Michelle's, you know, Michelle's always very succinct and direct. And she basically said, you know what, if you were a liberal, you have no option. It comes from top down. There's no discussion about it. It is what it is. But in the conservative party, and you're at caucus, and if you don't like a policy, then propose a change. Either propose a, a different policy or propose changes to the policy that makes it more acceptable to you. And I found that actually very liberating, um, the fact that we actually can do things like that. Um, I had questions before saying, you know, 
what if a policy is not good for Oakville? What would your response be? And the response would be is I would go to Aaron O'Toole and look, this, this is an issue in Oakville. Um, obviously, I'm a, a true blue conservative, but I cannot vote in this um, on this particular well, uh, issue. You bring, I mean, I'm, I'm glad you're vaxxed. I'm glad you're pro-vax and your husband's vaccinated and your father's vaccinated, right? Yeah. Um, but back to February where that there's that flat line. I mean, I'm even saying the biggest issue here is vaccinations. Let's get – but I think on that federal level, there's some when, – when you're aware that some conservatives are kind of – what's going on with this anti-vax talk? It's confusing and you can, it's easy just to walk away from the party because that's that's a bit, and it's happening in the states as well. How do you rationalize all of that kind of talk? So I think one of the things that was disappointing in the election is that you know Trudeau uh, elected to use vaccination and vaccines as a wedge issue. I actually think that the conservative approach was actually um, it was a great approach, in that you know conservatives are the party of choices, making choices. You make your choices for you and your family, not the government. So what the position was, is we want everybody to be vaccinated. Aaron O'Toole was very clear. He you know, did the public vaccination like many, um, was very clear that he wants all Canadians to be vaccinated, but also recognize that there is some Canadians that can't be, that they wanted to take a compassionate approach to people who were hesitant um, to get community leaders into some of those communities are he- uh, hesitant to work with them to overcome their hesitancy and get them vaccinated. And something that was highly underutilized in Canada, because we didn't have it, to be honest, is the rapid testing. So if you are not vaccinated, let's use rapid testing. It's effective. Um, again, I had, as you can imagine, I had this discussion umpteen times at the door And I would say to everybody, you know, I'm very clear in my personal position. I'm vaccinated. I believe in vaccines and I believe in these vaccines. I don't believe they're experimental. mRNA is technology that is used widely, not just in in, uh, pharmaceuticals, but in agriculture as well. Uh, We should be embracing it. You know, it doesn't take 12 years to develop a, a vaccine anymore because we have new technology, just like we have new technology in a lot of other parts of our life um, so, again, I will say here, 100% I'm vaccinated. I believe in vaccination. I believe in these vaccines. I believe all Canadians should be vaccinated. But there are Canadians that can't. So, for example, people who have multiple sclerosis, my dear friend who had uh, ALS, those are people that clearly should not be introducing that. And there are people that should have that choice. It's not black and white. I'm not comfortable with there being a two-tier Canadians. Uh, so those who are not treated the same uh, that are. But we have options, and we should be utilizing those options. So as a person with MS, is that's a classic example, is that everyone around that person should be vaccinated. And that's the part of the message I'm just sort of hearing now. It's like, okay, I get that person can't be vaccinated for whatever reason, and there's a lot of reasons, but everyone around them should be. So I don't know. I think I saw a tweet or a message from you like right after the election. You said you, you love the campaign experience and you look forward to doing it again. It's a few weeks later than that. Would you do it all again? 100%. Yeah. Um, so uh, we stayed up to quarter to four the morning of the election. We're sitting in my backyard, my poor neighbors. Um, 
because we were laughing and having fun and just, you know, recounting a lot of the, uh, the campaign. And uh, we were already planning our next campaign. Um, as we know, I really only had six days to prepare, which is nothing, as you can imagine. Uh, and we won't be caught in that situation again. As I said, we're already planning. Uh, I had a volunteer event last night and, you know, communicated to people that, yes, I will be running. It was, um, it was a great experience. I think we can do better. And we're planting the seeds, I guess, if you will, to, to win next time. And, I mean, even within the party next time, you'd be the incumbent. Uh, but you would still have to run the, for a nomination battle again. Yeah, it's part of the Constitution again is that uh, they will hold the nomination race, hopefully hopefully sooner rather than later. Right. Uh, because I don't think the next election is going to be four years away. I suspect it's probably going to be more like, you know, a year and a half to two years as a minority government again. And so, yeah. Well, I, I, I'll promise you now I'll come back as your new MP of Oak Hill. Do you, do you want my prediction? Sure. Well, I don't think Trudeau will run again. No, I don't think he will either. Because uh, he's, however you want to define it, he's won three elections. And you don't, you, it's very, very rare to, to run four times and win. So he probably knows that. I have a feeling he'll stretch this. I don't think he'll be, he'll be calling an election in two years. So it'll have to be the NDP uh, voting against him to force another election. And uh, I don't see that happening. I have a feeling he's going to hang around for three or four years. So that's, what, that's my, that's a, that's my uh, worthless, uh, potentially worthless I think it's going to depend on what the economy does. Um, True. You know, uh, we're not the only country, obviously, dealing with inflation, but it is... It's at a 20-year high, 4.1%. We shrunk in the second quarter, so we have the worst of both worlds in Canada, a shrinking economy with like huge inflation. Um, we have a massive debt, um, and again, when interest rates increase, which you know, and we don't control our our <clears throat> excuse me, we don't control our interest rates here in Canada. You know, we might like to think we do because we have the Bank of Canada, but we're influenced by you know global events and interest rates will rise and I think the finances of the country are gonna start to look pretty ugly and I think Canadians will be concerned you know uh, it was a liberal government that did the hard yards back in Chrétien Paul Martin's days and this liberal government doesn't appear to have any interest whatsoever in fact you know Trudeau made it clear he was on camera saying he doesn't care about monetary policy. Well, we need to care about monetary policy, and it does directly affect families. Uh, so, Carrie, thanks for, for coming. I, I uh, very gracious of you to come, and uh, it was a nice chat. I enjoyed the opportunity, Jim, and uh, I would be more than happy after the next election to come back and uh, be your host as the MP of Oakville. Thanks for listening. If you have a comment or if you want to be on the show, send me an email at connectionsvideopod at gmail.com. And please subscribe.